0: Hey, this is Scott Cardi. Maybe you know me as the voice of Ned Nickerson from the Nancy Drew Games. You know, try this. Hi, Nancy. Yeah, that's me. Welcome to the River Heights Buzz podcast.
1: Thanks for being here.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the River Heights Buzz podcast. We're on episode 98 today. (laughs) You should see Candace's face. She's in shock.
1: (laughs) It's just crazy. I can't believe it's been that many, you know. It's like before you know it, it's going to be your two-year
0: anniversary. I know. At the end of next month.
1: I know. It's crazy.
0: Well, let us introduce ourselves if you're new here. (laughs) I'm Alexa. And I'm Candace. Today we're talking about Files Book Number 38, The Final Scene. And last week was our last recap episode for season four of the show. Can't believe it's over. Hey, yay. yay. Yep. Well, thank you for listening to that stuff. Everyone. If you stuck around for all of it and we're just going to keep on trucking.
1: That's right. There's a lot of stuff to read. There's a lot of stuff to play. There's a lot of stuff to watch. So, we're really just getting started. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so. so, today, you know, we just said we're going to talk about the final scene. Yeah. We will be talking a little bit about the game kind of mixed in there. at the different points, because, obviously, final scene, this game, that whole thing. Yeah. And if you want, go back to episode seven. <laughs> And listen to our game discussion.
1: <laughs> that was episode seven.
0: Yeah, I went I went back and checked.
1: <laughs> it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. I know. Oh my gosh. I, I I guess it's just because final scene is like it's hard to pick a favorite, but me being a theater kid. And enjoying theater. And I don't know. I just have good memories of playing that game. And I love this book. This is like the third or fourth time that I've read this book. Um, just love it. It's it's definitely one of my favorites for sure. I'm just throwing this out there
0: now. If you have not read the book or played the game. Because they're pretty identical for majority of both. So if you want to read the book and play the game, do that before you listen to these episodes. If you want to play these two episodes back to back, you can just so you kind of get the full scope of everything. Yep, It's up to you. So,
1: yeah. Okay. Well, are you ready to dive in? I'm ready. Okay. I have a question for you first. Okay. This is something that came about, I think, just a couple of years ago. Have you seen and or heard about the original, like, I guess you could call it lost, in air quotes, trailer for the Final Scene game? No. Get on YouTube. <laughs> 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 no one found it. I don't know how. I don't know where. But it's, um, like, a really early version of... Like a trailer for this game, and it's a little bit different because I guess maybe it was done during like the beta version of this game. I don't know because some of the things are a little different. But I definitely suggest um, going and looking at that just because you know it's interesting. Okay. So I didn't know if you knew that it existed. I've only known about it for like I said the last couple of years. Okay. So I uh,
0: before we get into the Discussion, I have a description of the book.
1: Yeah, we should probably do that.
0: (laughs) Before we really get into it.
1: Yeah, I'm just getting ahead of myself because I'm so excited, but that's okay. Anyways, continue.
0: (laughs) The description of the book reads, Film star Brady Armstrong is in River Heights for the premiere of his newest movie at the Grand Old Century Cinema. When Nancy's friend Bess decides to go backstage to see her heart throb, she stumbles into a kidnapping meant for the movie actor. But the kidnapper doesn't want ransom money. He demands that the planned demolition of the Century Cinema Theater be halted, or Bess will be destroyed with it. Unable to prevent the wreckers from tearing down the building, Nancy races against time to discover where Bess is hidden. And unmask the mysterious figure who is dead set on stealing the show. And the book was released in August of
1: 1989. Okay. As we said, this book correlates to game number five of the same name. Um... A whole lot of similarities i would say probably to me i'd say probably the biggest difference is there's absolutely no reference whatsoever to harry houdini yeah or the fact that there used to be magic shows yeah those are two very big plot points in the game um but they are absent from the book but otherwise it's pretty close it's pretty similar like you said um so i guess let's just go ahead and and dive in um nancy Bess, and george are like at you like you said at the century cinema theater in river heights for the premiere of brady armstrong's new movie along with his co-star deidre mccullough um and she was not in the game no she was not in the game I'm just going to like, as you're talking,
0: I might just jump in and be like, this is different. That's different. So. Totally fine. That
1: works. Um, so uh, the movie is like some kind of weird space movie in like some kind of movie series, you know, really doesn't matter to the whole plot of the book. Um but we find out that um, the girls went to high school with Brady and they were freshmen when he was a senior. So there's about three years' age gap between them. And Bess is all dolled up because we know Boy Crazy Bess wants to look good for Brady um, since he's like a big movie star now. And uh, there's lots of like screaming teenage girls there, you know, how all that goes. So. The girls decide that they're going to try to beat the crowd and sneak into the theater. And Bess remembers from her summer uh, previous working there that there's a door in the ground, like, behind the theater, and so it leads into the basement. So they decide to go that route to get into the theater, to get away from the the screaming girls. This almost reminds me of going into the cellar at Ghost Dogs of Moon Lake. (laughs) Oh yeah, it kind of is, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Um, So the girls make it in past security and all that. And um, they're outside of the men's dressing room. And uh, Nancy and George decide to give Bess a minute, you know, because she wants to go and see Brady and flirt with him and all that. So they leave her to go into the dressing room to wait for him, which I still think is weird. Because it was kind of a similar situation in the game.
0: Yeah.
1: Maya went in there to interview Brady. But just knock, knock, walks in. Seems weird, right? Yeah. I mean, a dressing room. There's a chance that, you know, someone might be in there dressing. Mm-hmm. And would need some privacy, but whatever. And then, so,
0: Maya is not in the books. No. In the book. she's in the game. Mm-hmm. Bess and George are in the game, but they're phone characters, not in person. Right. And like throughout the whole game, there's the fans and the picket people outside, and it's just like Nancy, Nick, Joseph, and Brady, and Simone all mm-hmm. in the building.
1: Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, like I said, I love this game. I really wish that. There could have been a different location we could have gone to. Um, but I think despite that, it's still a really strong game in comparison to some of the other games in the series. Um, so I can look past that. But George and Nancy decide that they're gonna go into the women's dressing room to wait for Bess for her to get done talking to Brady and uh, Nancy mentions how Nick Falcone is outside protesting because there's a guy named Bart Anderson that's going to be tearing down the theater in 30 days. Brady's movie's the last premiere that's going to happen there. Um so they're kind of just talking like that, kind of, you know, hanging out waiting for Bess. And then the next thing they hear is this really loud scream and it's Brady. And He comes running out of the men's dressing room and says that someone in a mask grabbed him around the throat and he took off and left Bess in the dressing room. And Um, really feels so bad throughout the whole book. So I guess chivalry is dead. He didn't (laughs) try to save her from someone in a mask because she was like tied up and gagged at this point when he came in. (laughs) Okay. So Nancy and George and Brady go into his dressing room. But by this point, Bess is gone. Yeah. Um, He said that uh, he came in the room to get changed and he saw Bess. And then next thing he knew, he was attacked. So he ran to get help. And he wasn't gone very long at all, like less than a minute. And they all immediately went into the dressing room. But Bess was still gone and this masked person was still gone so um, at that point Deidre Joseph who is also in the game he's like the caretaker custodian I think they more describe him as like a custodian in the book but I mean caretaker you know same thing close enough and a man named Simon come in and Simon acts like absolutely nothing is wrong and says Bess is still in the building Since there's like a big cop presence because these movie stars are there. And that's another difference
0: in the book. Simon, man, agent, game, Simone, woman, similar, similar, same.
1: They're both the agent. (laughs) Yes. Um, So despite, you know, different gender, different name, but similar name, um, really character wise, basically identical yeah um can quickly be summed up as being a pain in the neck you know so uh very brash and abrupt and you know just unpleasant is a nice way of putting it um so joseph talks about how the theater is just absolutely filled to the brim with secret passageways and he shows them one in the closet that connects to the women's dressing room And they all search that room and the passageway, and it's all completely empty. So Nancy decides it's time to call the police to officially report this as a kidnapping since Bess is gone. Don't know where she went. There was a masked man. She was gagged. Like, this is clearly a kidnapping. And Joseph then offers to tell the workers and the ushers there in the theater what's going on so everyone is on the same page and people can start searching the theater. Uh, Deidre and Brady are obviously very upset about what happened, and that's kind of a reoccurring theme through this whole book. Is that they are both kind of blaming themselves on some level, because it's pretty obvious that Bess wasn't the intended target, and it's obvious in the game that Maya wasn't the intended target. Brady was the, the intended target in both, and
0: in like during this whole thing, like Bess, Beth, Beth, George is getting so emotional you know, for Bess, because she's so worried that Bess is going to die, like, you know, what, what's going to happen, and George is not one that we see cry or get worried that often, yeah. and it's, you know, this almost, like, yes, George is more of, like, the rough and tough kind of person, but she's, like, realistic in a way, you know what I mean? Yes. This is almost, like, softens her as a person a little bit. Yeah, no, which, it's true. And I'm not trying to be, like, bad-mouthing George in any kind of way that's just the person that she is and so you know this is a different side of George that we don't usually see
1: right right it's true because that's another big thing is that in this game Nancy is like sass queen the whole time and like overly emotional not something that we see really in any other game let alone any of the books yeah that's just not her attitude. That's not how she portrays herself. That's not how she presents herself. She's always shown as being very level headed and calm and kind of like the voice of reason when things are chaotic and crazy. Yeah. Obviously now it's time to get cracking on trying to find Bess. Um, so the premiere of the movie is going on as all of this is happening, so um Nancy and George rush to go call the police and uh, there's like, they don't really describe it as like an intermission, but there's like a part of the movie where Brady and Deidre come out into the crowd and meet the fans that are watching this premiere and the crowd's super excited and loud and poor Bess is missing all of this.
0: And she really wanted to go.
1: Yeah. Not just to see Brady, like she wanted to see the movie too, obviously, but, She's missing all of it. Um, Nancy and George overheard Simon making phone calls to some kind of press outlet, letting them know about the attempted at kidnapping of Brady, totally twisting the story, yeah. making it into something that it's not. And then he called the hotel that Brady and Deidre are staying at to extend their reservation for the next several days because he's going to, like, bank off of this as much as he can. And you can
0: tell it's just, like, all for publicity and the money.
1: Yeah. Doesn't care about Bess at all. Doesn't care that her life is in danger. None of that. And He's just seeing dollar signs.
0: And honestly, it's it's not just Bess. It's with Brady and Deirdre too throughout the whole book.
1: Yeah, he totally ignores like their thoughts and their feelings and stuff. Like doesn't care. Like I get that you're trying to help your clients. But at the same
0: time, you need to respect what they're saying. No matter what's going on.
1: Yeah, you need to have their best interests at heart. I understand that, you know, that's something that you're trying to make money. You're trying to make them famous, blah, blah, blah. But there's still people at the end of the day. They have needs. They have feelings. Needs to be met. Yeah. You know. That just kind of goes out the window with him.
0: You can't just expect people to be like, eh, it's no big deal. It doesn't bother me when it does bother people. Especially when you, like, keep doing it over and over again.
1: Right mm-hmm so uh nancy gets off the phone with detective ryan and nick falcone comes in and asks what's going on and he gets angry thinking that you know it's all just a ploy or whatever and nancy's like um you know my friend's life is in danger here like this is not you know like some run-of-the-mill kind of whatever and he's wanting to save the, the theater from demolition as well and we find out that his great-grandfather and his grandfather helped build the theater so it holds special value to him personally and that's just slightly different than the game yeah so um and even like something
0: too about nick's grandfather like we actually in the book they actually go to meet him mm -hmm. instead of just being like the grandfather being talked about in the game so
1: yeah Uh, so Nancy understands where he's coming from and thinks. That he probably means well, he's just coming off a little strong. You know, emotions are running high. You know, there's a lot on the line here. So, um, Simon then comes out of the inner office and asks Nancy if they both want. Uh, And Nancy asks if they both want to help search for Bess, but of course Simon makes up this lame excuse that he's waiting for phone calls and you know can't be bothered. But Nick says that he will help search um, for Bess, and uh, he says he has to call his grandfather first to see where he is, since he was supposed to meet him, I guess, at the theater, and he hasn't heard from him (laughs) yet. And so at this point, Simon is Nancy's prime suspect just because of the way he's acting you know, so nonchalant, like it's not literally someone's life on the line here. So the movie's almost over. So Nancy, George, and Nick were trying to search where they could before this whole gaggle of screaming teenage girls comes out and messes everything up. And Joseph came from the projection booth and told them that he had gotten a call from the kidnapper. Of course Nancy is like, well, what? was said and Joseph hesitates and it's kind of strange but it's written off that his character is older kind of like how he is in the game and you know maybe it's just him being old he can't exactly remember you know word for word what was said but how like he said it it's he seems like pretty spry Mm -hmm. he doesn't
0: seem like obviously he is older in age but he doesn't seem like he's it's bothering him much i guess you could say yeah no he seems like
1: he's like with it like mentally
0: yeah um and so i was like is he just deliberately kind of not telling nancy all the information right away it's kind of I mean, what it
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but he does remember that the kidnapper said that Bess was safe but that if they let the royal palladium be torn down then she'll never be seen again and I'm like wait a minute that's the name of the theater in the game but earlier it was called the Century Cinema so it's like what's What's going going on here so um apparently that was the name of the theater before it was turned into a movie house and George worries like I said that due to Joseph's age that he could have potentially missed some kind of important clue as to where Bess is being hidden And did
0: George make the comment about Joseph being old when he was close by?
1: It kind of seemed that way, unless she was whispering. But George, (laughs) I feel like she would have a hard time whispering. I feel like she would be a loud whisperer. (laughs) (laughs) Just from, like, her personality and, like, the games and the books, she doesn't strike me as the quiet type. No. No. Um, at that point, several police officers have arrived to help search for Bess, and Joseph relayed the phone message to them. And Detective Ryan says that he has his first priority is wanting to find Bess, and then they'll worry about the phone call. So, I mean, I kind of guess that makes sense. So, everyone starts searching again. Nick then says he has to go check on his grandfather since he still hasn't heard back from him, but. A police escort is required, and then he has to come back for questioning, because he was there during all of this that happened. And he has a great motive, really. Yeah. They search for hours, and they don't find anything at all. So, here's my question. What time was this premiere supposed to be at? I don't know, because I assumed at night. I
0: thought so, too. Because it made it, like, if it wasn't, like, evening like, nighttime, and they were searching for hours, I would think that they were probably going well after midnight.
1: Yeah, because it's like, when have you ever heard of a movie premiere being, like, in the morning?
0: Or early afternoon.
1: No, I I assume nighttime. Maybe early evening, but still, evening to me is, like, five o'clock, six o'clock.
0: Yeah. So Who knows? They didn't even really, like, say a specific time.
1: No. Uh, So, Nick finally comes back and asks if Bess has been found, and of course, at this point, she has not. And Nancy told him that the police think she isn't being held at the theater since they haven't found any evidence of her being held there. Uh, Turns out Nick's grandfather was okay, and he was at home the whole time. So, Nick came back, was questioned by the police, but his alibi is he was out protesting with lots of witnesses when the kidnapping occurred. Bart Anderson then comes in and essentially accuses Nick of being behind the kidnapping and says that Bess won't be hurt and that the theater is coming down in a month's time. So Anderson, his name wasn't specifically mentioned in the game, right? No, it was um, it was a Thompson, wasn't it? A descendant of JJ Thompson? I think so. Because JJ Thompson in the game was the creator of the theater. <laughs> I don't think there was ever a name said in the book of who
0: like the specific, who was specific
1: person behind it yeah just that um the Falcons were part of like building it but not like the financial backers yeah bart leaves and so does nick and nancy and george are searching one more time before turning in for the night because of, i guess it is nighttime been along several hours of them trying to search with nothing to show for it And they go into the women's dressing room and they find the ski mask hidden in the couch. And Nancy is a hundred percent convinced that they would have not missed that earlier. So it must have been planted to be found.
0: And that happens at different points throughout the book where stuff is like Nancy, knowing Nancy and George, they go through every little thing for Mm -hmm. clues. And if they miss missed in air quotes something the first time that means it wasn't there in the first place now then when they went back now someone definitely put it there
1: yeah because they're very thorough Yeah. right always and,
0: and I'm jumping ahead a little bit too but later when they find Bess's earring in that same dressing room Nancy and George know they did not see that earlier
1: mm-hmm. it
0: was placed there too
1: mm-hmm. so yeah deliberately yeah They get ready to leave for the night when Nick comes back in and says he got into an argument with Bart outside, and because of that, Bart moved the demolition up to three days from now. Yikes. So, time is really of the essence here. Yeah. Bart comes in with his crew, and they're surveying where they need to place the dynamite to take the building down. He and Nancy get into a heated argument about Bess still being in the building when Detective Ryan shows up and says, without further proof of Bess being in the building, there's really nothing that can be done. Like, he really has no grounds to stop Bart from pulling the building down. Nancy and George go to Nancy's house and tell Carson and Hannah everything that's going on. Bess's parents are on a tour of Africa and they can't be reached, so her parents have no idea what's going on. When all of a sudden, someone knocks at the door, and it's someone from a local florist that has a funeral wreath for Nancy, similar to the game, that has a note with it that says, I don't want to hurt the girl, but if the Royal Palladium dies, she will be killed too. Oh my gosh. Dramatic. Oh yeah, Next day, the girls go back, and... Oro Joseph is there polishing up in the lobby, and he tells the girls that he found one of Bess's earrings, like you said, in the ladies' dressing room. Suspicious. So, found, in air quotes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, Nancy takes the earring and the wreath to Detective Ryan, but he is still not convinced that Bess is in the building.
0: Hey, yay, hey, yay.
1: Hey. I mean, I get it. You know, like... But then again... I guess I get it more so in the game, because the game is taking place in St. Louis, <laughs> obviously a big city, obviously police are busy, and police are busy everywhere, but I feel like in River Heights, they can probably have a couple people working on this and still be okay with the rest of their police force able to do other things, you know what I mean? Yeah. But what do I know? So he leaves to go back downtown, but he leaves some officers there to continue searching the building for Bess. So Nancy goes to find out more about Simon while George goes to meet with the people outside protesting to try to find out more about Nick. Uh, Nancy finds Brady in the auditorium and she asks him about Simon, but he absolutely refuses to say anything bad about Simon. Which is odd so Nancy realizes she's not going to get any further information from him and she uh he leaves because he got like flustered and she realizes that the stage curtains are just ever so slightly moving on the stage someone was there Mm Mhm. so Nancy of course goes to investigate and it's completely dark And she doesn't see anyone, but she still feels as if she's being watched. So scary. All of a sudden, a stage light begins to fall, and it hits the stage, barely missing Nancy, but glass falls on her. Oh my gosh. A voice then comes over the PA system, telling Nancy to stop searching for Bess. Otherwise, what had just happened will be just an indication of what else is to come. And as Nancy
0: is, like, looking up at like the projector room because that's like where the I guess the speaker thing is and she's like she can't see anybody so -hmm. she's trying to get up there as fast as she can but I'm like if someone was watching from behind the curtains on the stage how are they able to get up to the projection room that fast yeah so
1: obviously she runs up there person's gone So, Nancy then walks into the hotel that Brady and Deirdre are staying in, and she sees Deirdre sitting there in the restaurant signing autographs for fans. And so, Nancy goes up to her and tries to feel her out about Simon and see what information she can find out about him. But she totally acts weird, just like Brady did when he's brought up. And she talks about how Brady and Simon got into a fight on the way there because Brady wanted to go back to the theater to look for Bess. And then she let slip that Brady had memories of the theater, and then she took off, like she had said too much. And then before she left, though, she said that Simon was calling a press conference to announce an award for Bess's safe return.
0: Honestly, this
1: guy only cares about the money mm-hmm. and the publicity. Mm-hmm. So as Nancy was leaving the hotel, she was called over the loudspeaker that she had a phone call so it was george and she said that she needed to meet her at the theater because Bess was still in the building so obviously we found something yeah. so nancy gets there and george and joseph are there and they show nancy that there's a secret doorway that leads to the orchestra pit in the auditorium and that there's um, what was called musician warm-up rooms and they went into one of them and there was Bess's shoe and a pizza box and her purse i mean you know as well as i know Bess is a girly girl she's not going anywhere without that bag Yep. no so the girls continue searching but they don't find anything else but it seems like whoever took Bess keeps moving her around different places in the theater to keep her hidden and it's like they're one step ahead every time every single time so clearly it's someone that's very familiar with the layout of this theater so and it's
0: and it's almost like the person is telling Bess, "Hey, leave something of yours behind, just to make it seem like you're you're here."
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the girls discuss the, sus- the suspects, and Joseph told George that Brady used to work there at the theater and the productions during the summer, so he could potentially know his way around the building. I mean, that's an option, maybe. Um, could it be that Brady and Simon are maybe involved in this together and it got a little too real and Brady's now stuck as an accessory after the fact? That's a possibility as well.
0: I swear, like every single person in this, like Nick, Joseph, Brady, Deirdre, and Simon well, not Nick because he was cleared, but like everyone else has some kind of motive almost.
1: Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm not going to lie. Spoiler alert, it's not Simon and Brady. I would have loved that. I really think that would have been an interesting route to go. Having yeah. a, a duo, mm-hmm.
0: you know? Because it's Brady knows the ins and outs of the theater. Simon could have been, like, the brains be, like, working up this whole thing.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I think it would have been an interesting dynamic. But, you know, yep. I didn't write the book, so. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> so um, the girls are discussing the suspects and um, as the girls are talking Nancy realizes that it seems like someone is hiding behind the curtain again and like
0: you would so when Nancy gets back to the theater and George and uh, Joseph were there was Joseph mentioned that he was there with them the whole time It really wasn't
1: described fully, I guess. Okay. Yeah, now that you mention it, I don't think there was any mention of him, like, actively walking away, but I just assumed.
0: Like, he was there the whole time. That's weird. Uh Uh-huh.
1: That's super weird. (laughs) Uh, The girls decide that they're going to sneak onto the stage to try to catch whoever this person is that's eavesdropping. And the next thing they know, the person climbed up the catwalk backstage and so George followed behind this person while Nancy stayed down below on the stage trying to cut off any attempt at exiting the building. Makes sense, right? Next thing they know, Nancy realizes whoever it is that they're following knows that they're there. And is attempting to sabotage the catwalk, and so she hollers at George to try to protect her. But it starts to crumble underneath George and she starts to fall off of the catwalk. Yeah. So, George was hanging on for dear life. Nick and Joseph come in and Nick saves George. And that seals the deal for George having a little crushy on Nick. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Uh so obvious.
0: And George fell from 15 feet.
1: Yeah. That's not a short distance. That's pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. That was scary. Uh Uh-huh. The girls explain what happened and how they were trying to catch whoever was eavesdropping on them. And then later on, Nancy and George show up at the hotel for the press conference that Simon was setting up and Brady and Deidre are there because they're all going on a fake date because as like a PR move, To, I guess, promote both of them and the movie and just get general publicity. Simon wants them to pretend to date and be a couple and flirt and blah, 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 to have stories written about them. So, the girls see Brenda Carlton. Mm. Who we all (laughs) And they decide to see if she knows anything. Which, you know, it's a good idea because she's nosy, you know. And she mentions how the press conference is actually an hour behind schedule as Brady and Simon were late. Which means their whereabouts are not accounted for during the whole catwalk episode. Uh-huh. So, Brenda also says that this isn't Simon's first kidnapping episode. As similar things have happened to two of his other clients.
0: So, he is still, to me, suspect number one. Mm-hmm. Or at least... The- Nancy, suspect number one.
1: Mm -hmm, For sure. So Nancy and George walk into the hotel restaurant and see Brady and Deirdre talking quietly to themselves. And Deirdre is trying to tell Brady to tell Nancy something that seems incredibly urgent. And she threatens to tell Nancy whatever it is herself if he doesn't tell her. So Nancy rushes over. But then Deirdre backs down as she sees Simon coming over. So it's something clearly that has to do with him. And she's just scared to say it in front of him, obviously. Yeah. So he wants Brady and Deirdre to get ready to leave to go dancing, but Deirdre's upset and says she's not going to go. Simon gets mad. Brady gets mad. Everyone storms off. So dramatic.
0: And honestly, I feel bad for Deirdre because if she doesn't want to go, if she says she's tired, then leave her alone.
1: Yeah. If she's 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 had a long day,
0: like, don't force her to do something if she doesn't want to do it yeah so
1: nancy tells george to watch Dear Jim brady and simon while she goes to investigate at the theater which is kind of a white lie because she's really going to investigate nick but she realizes from nick saving george earlier that she probably shouldn't mention anything like that because it's pretty clear that george has a crushy on nick so Nancy sees Joseph and talks to him, and then she gets a call from Deirdre saying that she wants to meet Nancy privately. So Nancy is finally able to get Joseph to leave, and so she meets Deirdre and she tells Nancy about how Simon wanted Brady to do some kind of big publicity stunt, but he wasn't interested in participating in it. And she doesn't know what the stunt was, and now she thinks that Simon could be behind the kidnapping. I mean, it makes sense. It's like,
0: it's almost like more and more stuff is getting piled onto Simon, making Mm -hmm. him look guilty. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah.
1: Mm Mm-hmm, for sure. So, she takes off, and just as Nancy's about to leave, poor Nancy's hit with a movie screen and is trapped and passes out. The way that that's described, she's lucky she's not dead. Mm Mm-hmm and so nancy wakes up she's in the hospital thankfully she's finally getting medical attention for an injury that she gets and george and carson are there and we find out that deirdre was leaving the theater she heard the loud crash and she rescued nancy and called the ambulance for her
0: luckily deirdre was still there Mm -hmm. because if she had already left and that accident happened nancy could very well have been dead
1: Mm -hmm. yeah for sure So Nancy explains what happened and she tells Carson the latest about all the suspects and she talks about suspecting Nick just as he walks in with chocolates and to see how Nancy is and he gets his feelings hurt and he leaves. (laughs) Poor guy. So Nancy being Nancy. Checks herself out of the hospital against doctor's wishes. And goes home hmm she calls carson and tells him herself before the doctor can and of course he's mad but he understands time is of the essence you're running short on it yep you
0: gotta do what you gotta do and at this point i'm thinking why is nancy not suspecting joseph at this point
1: i don't know i guess because he's an old man
0: but still he knows the theater better than anyone That's true, but she's not thinking
1: about it in that way.
0: Anyways.
1: (laughs) Nancy, despite being told that she needs to rest, she starts getting ready to go downtown because she wants to go to City Hall to look for the blueprints of the theater, which is probably something that should have been done earlier. But be that as it may, you know, looking for it now, it's fine. Someone mysterious calls for Nancy and tells her that she needs to re-examine her suspect list because there's someone else that has interest in the theater. And my point exactly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, as Nancy is trying to keep this person on the line, George runs to Carson's office, traces the call, and the girls find out that the call came from inside the theater. And... So I'm assuming that they didn't have any kind of
0: device or whatever to mask their voices, the caller.
1: No, I guess not like in the game.
0: So if that's the case, then did they just do it themselves, make some other kind
1: of voice or use their own voice? I guess so, because when the person, the other person called, I think it was said that they were like talking out of the corner of their mouth trying to disguise their voice. Yeah. So I guess that counts. I don't know. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they make it to City Hall. And of course, similar to the game, blueprints are missing. So Nancy does not want Hannah to
0: know that she's out of bed. But how <laughs> would Nancy be able to not make any noise so Hannah didn't know she was gone? <laughs>
1: Well, not only that, but she also had Hannah making chicken noodle soup. So, like... It's a whole other plan. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. After not having any luck at City Hall, um, they decide that they're going to go and visit Nick's grandfather. um, And they're going to go see Nick. But they get to Nick's house. His house is completely ransacked.
0: And then Joseph shows up.
1: Which is like... Super weird. Um, Unless he was watching them. Which is still weird. They didn't find out much from Nick's grandfather. He seems to just be a nice older man who uh, feels strongly about saving the theater, but doesn't seem to be the type that would act on that or do anything that would put someone else at risk. So they kind of go ahead and, and... take him off the list
0: and i'm and they wrote down nancy still has not suspected joseph
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) until he like you said shows up at nick's house and his excuse was that he was going to check on nick since the protesters said that he didn't show up that day at the theater still think that's a pretty weak excuse there's a thing called a telephone uh-huh. Make a call and, you know, before you roll up to his house unannounced. But who uh, knows, He could have called and
0: there's just no answer and he got worried, so that's why he went over.
1: I mean, it's true, but that wasn't mentioned. hmm So in my mind, I'm going to pretend like it didn't happen. Yep. So after Nancy is asking all these questions, because things are not making sense... Joseph awkwardly runs into a room and locks the door behind him and goes out the window. He's like, is Nancy and George dramatic? They're not
0: being dramatic. Joseph's being dramatic.
1: Joseph's being the dramatic one. Mm -hmm. And welcome to the theme of the book. When this is theater. (laughs) It's so true. The girls break in and he, like I said, has gone out the window and has taken off. So the girls go to tell Bart Anderson what's going on at his office, but his assistant says that he's not there, despite the fact that his car's in the parking lot. I'm just going
0: to kind of backtrack for a second with uh, Joseph when Nancy and George are watching him out the window. Yeah. They noticed that he was very nimble for an older guy. Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So Um. Courtney got the wheels turning for them a little bit, I think.
1: Finally, so I think that's a good lesson in, um, don't count someone out just because of their age. Anything is possible. Mm -hmm. So the girls wait outside to see if they can catch Bart and they see him and they decide to follow him and he apparently kidnapped Nick or had some of his people kidnap Nick and is holding Nick and tied up in this trailer. And is like hardcore interrogating Nick, saying he knows that Nick is behind Bess's kidnapping, which obviously we know is not true. Yeah. The girls rush in. They help Nick and ask if his grandfather could potentially be the kidnapper. And Nick says maybe because of the call that Joseph got earlier when the person called the theater and they... Referred to the theater as the Royal Palladium. So in his mind, only an old timer would know that name or would still call the building by that name, which makes sense. They then realize it's not the grandfather. It's Joseph. Yep, finally. Yes, finally. And they tell Bart, but he had already called City Hall and had the demo moved up even more... To 15 minutes from now.
0: That's crazy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so they all rush to the theater. And Brady and his whole crew. And a bunch of fans come up. Did they just leave George's car at Bart's place? I, I guess. guess. <laughs> I guess it's not really made clear. So yeah, I guess so. Um, and in motion... The demolition starts, and a wall gets knocked down. And all I can think of is, like,
0: Miley Cyrus's song, Wrecking Ball. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it it
1: went in like a wrecking ball. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So Nick and Nancy and George run into the theater, despite the danger of it now being unstable because it's been hit with a wrecking ball and they go in to find joseph and nancy finds him in the auditorium which makes sense and he tries to take off and they're finally able to corner him in the projection room nancy takes a tape that she had gotten out of bart's car to use as a bluff and so she tells joseph i know it was you here's the tape of the recording of the introduction that you made it wasn't you making it in real time it was a recording he then realizes he's been caught and he actually with his eyes tells where the real tape is it's hidden in the projector along with the blueprints of the theater very reminiscent of the game find out that Bess is hidden in what's called an ice depository which back in the day and this makes sense back in the day before you know the gloriousness of air conditioning i wouldn't have survived but that's beside the point um, they had areas in big buildings like that where they would literally put huge chunks of ice and that's how they would cool an area down. Kind of the same way that refrigerators and freezers used to work. It used to just be a big empty container, you put ice in it, and that's how you kept your stuff cold. Same concept. They go up there, they find Bess, she's, you know, kind of weak and, I mean, she's been freaking. Held captive for three days, so who wouldn't be, you know, not feeling their best? Um, so they save her. She goes to the hospital just as a precaution to be checked out. Find out Joseph has been arrested. They feel bad and hope that Bess's testimony could help him in court, which is kind of similar to what happened in the game. But I feel like, I feel like there's a fine line of, feeling bad because he made bad choices that could have led to someone's death. Yeah. Like that's serious. Yeah. So at that point, I don't feel bad for you because you made a conscious decision to put someone else's life at risk. And that didn't have to happen. And
0: like, if Bess were to like, you know, be there, uh, potentially die, couldn't he be charged for attempted murder? Yeah. And would mm-hmm. Bart be charged for actual murder because he was the one responsible for the demolition?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or would that be? It, my thinking that wrong.
1: No, I mean it, it. could be. It could be murder, or it could be um, like manslaughter. It kind of just depends on the area and like what their laws actually say because every area is a little bit different. But I mean, you're generally right. Yeah.
0: Okay, because I'm not, you know, fluent in that kind of stuff, and you're the paralegal of the two of us. You kind of yeah. know more of this stuff than I do. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> As always, it's a happy ending for the people that deserve a happy ending, and a not-so-happy ending for the people that don't deserve it. Um, Bart himself got arrested for kidnapping Nick. Joseph obviously got arrested for kidnapping Bess. Um Brady came in and visited Bess and told her that once she feels better, he wants to take her out for dinner. He's um, super nice to her and says, you know, of course I remember you from high school. You're as beautiful as ever. Um, Everything ends up on a good note. So yeah, like you said, very similar in a lot of aspects to the game. Um, a very strong book, I definitely see why it was made into a game. Um, I think that I'm not alone in thinking that um, not only the final scene, but the games that came out kind of in that era of her interactive are what's considered like I'm using air quotes, the golden era of her interactive. All the games around that time were just absolute bangers, in my opinion, like they still stand to. The test of time all these years later you know in some cases 20 plus years later um still just as strong as the day that they came out initially so you know like i said this game and this book hold a special place in my heart this is not going to be the last time that i reread this book um the final scene is one of my comfort games that i go always go back to but now just out of curiosity do you have a comfort game that you go back to I don't think so
0: but if I do replay a game multiple times I'll let you know (laughs) okay
1: okay that's actually a good question for our listeners if you all have a comfort game you know that you enjoy so much that you continuously go back to it and replay it let us know what it is I'm just curious yeah Um, but I think that's all I have for this one but like I said uh 10 out of 10 love it
0: um when nancy was chasing joseph throughout all like the different parts of the theater i was like this is almost like instead of phantom of the opera it's like phantom of the theater
1: yeah and it's funny that you (laughs) said it's funny that you say that because and i don't know if this is a big thing where you're at in canada but when i was younger the big children's horror kind of genre was goosebumps are you familiar with goosebumps There was one called Phantom of the Auditorium. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite ones. But anyways, yeah. Um,
0: And then, so the cops too were saying at points were like, Bess isn't here, we looked everywhere. But I'm like, it's an old theater. Do you know about all the hidden places in here? Did you look for those places? If you knew about the blueprints,
1: potentially. No, no, because and here's my thought process in that I feel like even though it's a small town because we're in River Heights, I feel like you're still running a pretty good chance of not all the police officers being from River Heights, therefore not being familiar with the theater. And like you said, it's an old building. It's going to have all these secret passageways and stuff because all theaters have them.
0: And knowing Brady, that he used to work there when he was younger, wouldn't he know about all these secret places?
1: In theory, yeah.
0: So, hello. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and when, when Nancy was going into the basement, I was like, is the amazing Monty down there?
1: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, that scares the bejesus out of me every time. And yet I still can't help it. And and I play it a second time and he breaks and his mouth moves down and it's so freaking scary because I hate he's like a (laughs) ventriloquist dummy. I literally I think it's the lines on the mouth that is what creeps me out the most. I hate it, but I can't not break him every time. (laughs) I have to every time. Kind of like every time I play one of the games. Even if I know every single step to take, all the right options to make, I still have to kill Nancy at least once. It wouldn't be Nancy Drew if you didn't kill her at least once. No, it's true. (laughs) It's true. I'm sure I'm not the only one that thinks that, so. yeah. (laughs) um,
0: I think my final thing is the... One of the only times at the beginning of the book, George makes a nice comment to Bess about how she looks.
1: Few and far between. Nice comments from George to Bess. And I i don't think it's on purpose. Um, I think the way that their characters are written, um, obviously they're cousins and they are very close and they get along and all that. But I feel like part of their dynamic is the real cheeky kind of comments and stuff back and forth the banter or whatever but I don't think there's any ill will in that like you know it's not meant to hurt feelings or anything it's just how they act with each other you know but you're right um George doesn't very often say nice things to Bess
0: and it's kind of sad
1: yeah so oh man
0: but anyways Anyway. Well, that was a fun one.
1: Yeah. Love it. Like I said, I don't know if you could sense my excitement through the screen. I'm, like, hot now. (laughs) 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 I just have very strong feelings about this game and this book. It's just one of my favorites. And then you kind of threw me for a loop when you said that when we talked about the game, it was literally podcast episode number seven, and I was just like, my God, where does the time
0: go? I know. And it's like, I can't believe that we're going to be doing this for two years next month. Mm -hmm. Like, it's crazy.
1: It is. But, I mean, you know the saying, time flies when you're having fun. And we... I
0: think I speak for the both of us. We do have fun when we do this stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we do. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, um, I guess uh, next week we will be discussing Nancy Drew Files number 39, Suspect Next Door. And I'm not going to lie, I did not know that. And Alexa had to tell me before we started recording because I can't remember anything. So well, I got you covered. I know and I appreciate it cuz I like I said I'd be lost. <laughs> There's that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for tuning in this week and we'll see you next time.
1: Bye guys. You can find us on Instagram at River Heights Buzz. You can email us at riverheightsbuzz at gmail.com. You can join our Facebook group, the River Heights Buzz Podcast Central Buzz. And you can follow us on Twitter at River Heights Buzz with just one Z. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to keep an eye out for our next episode.